Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 362 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking about how and why to eat more organs with the founders of Noble Origins, Harry Gray and Brett Ender. Organs come up in like so many episodes as a food as medicine recommendation. In fact, I feel like every third episode or so we're talking about (laughs) eating organs. Um, But I still get a lot of pushback from my clients or just yuck factor when I'm going through, you know, their goals and I ask them, have you gotten organs yet? And and we, you know, set really good intro goals of like, okay, just try an ancestral blend, just try a pate that you buy from the farmer's market. And there's still that yuck factor. So today we're going to dig into the benefits of eating organs, why you should be doing it, and also discuss some of the ways to get them into the diet for those that might have aversion or fear. Yes, we can only come up with so many ancestral meatballs and nuggets, etc., <laughs> to support you guys. So I'm definitely excited to have Harry and Brett on today's episode. We talked to you guys about Noble Organs Complex when we introduced them to our participants of the Wimberley Wellness Workshop this past May. They contributed to our swag bag. And so we've been talking about Noble Origins for a couple weeks now on the Naturally Nourished podcast as they have joined us as a supportive uh, ad campaign for us as well. So we hope after today's episode, this is a great way for you to directly get to know them and uh, that you check them out at nobleorigins.com. When you use the discount code AllieMillerRD, that's a great way for you to save money on your order. Uh, Also, I know that Brett is going to share an offering with a code at the end of today's episode. Go ahead and use AllieMillerRD. That'll let them know that you heard about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast, which is always appreciated. But what you can purchase on their website is an organs complex. The red bag is the one that I'm directly familiar with. And this is just the powdered blend of high quality grass fed beef liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. So this is a really great way for you to get nature's multivitamin into your protein shakes or into your smoothies. Uh, It's a great way to get, of course, nutrient density. We'll talk in today's podcast episode about the density and bioavailability of iron, as well as other minerals like zinc and selenium, and some nutrients that you could only get in animal products, like the retinol form of vitamin A, B12, and so much more. So once you hear all of the lovely things about Noble Origins, go on over to nobleorigins.com and use the code AllieMillerRD to save. All right, before we bring them on, I just wanted to let y'all know if you are listening real time, you still are able to join the live keto class that started now, I believe two weeks ago at the time this episode airs. We're allowing members to join through class three, um, which will be on October 4th. So coming right up around the corner, if for some reason you missed it or just 
forgot to sign up, um, you're able to watch the recorded classes and catch up on all of the goodness through class three. All right, so I'm going to read their bios and then we'll welcome Brett and Harry on. Brett and Harry are the hosts of the Meat Mafia podcast, which addresses fundamental problems in our food and healthcare system. Their principles are simple, eat real foods, buy locally, and cook your own meals. They are advocates of carnivore and animal-based forms of eating. Brett used a carnivore diet to put his ulcerative colitis and IBS into full remission. Brett and Harry also co-founded Noble Origins in 2023 with Colin Stuckert. Noble is a once-daily animal-based form of nutrition that blends the most nutrient-dense foods into a delicious and convenient powder. Noble is amazing with smoothies, coffee, yogurt, etc. Brett and Harry are competitive, low-carb, ultra-endurance athletes, having completed Ironmans, 100K ultra-marathons, marathons, and numerous triathlons. And, you know, having them on in just a moment, I want to share that they are both so relatable. If you, as a listener, have a a high school child or teen or even college days age kid that just isn't thinking enough about nutrition and you're trying to share resources. I think that Brett and Harry are very relatable as college athletes, uh, sharing their history of how they met there. And um, I think that everyone of all ages could learn something from them. Hey, Brett and Harry, welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Thank you so much for having us, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we are really excited to have this conversation with y'all. Tell us a little bit, I know you each have your own story, one of kind of chronic health transitioning through food as medicine, and then the other optimizing your health. I'd love to hear from both of you uh, how you got into the space, uh, your startup of your podcast, and just your uh, interest in food as medicine. And then of course, how the Noble Origins line came to birth. Totally. Absolutely. And, and Allie and Becky, this is, this is Brett. So I know that the, the audience isn't going to have video. So I'm Brett. And then Harry was speaking, was speaking before. Um, so yeah, we're, we're the co-host of the meat mafia podcast. And really our, our story is centered around just like personal, like our own personal exploration and our own, our own health journeys, really just trying to take our health in our own hands and really reclaim our health and vitality through the most nutrient dense foods that we could possibly access. So uh, we're both 29 years old. Uh, we live in Austin, Texas, so not too far from both you and Wimberley. Um, and our story was really, really how we became friends is that we met playing college baseball together. Um, we we played baseball at a small school up in Boston called Babson College. And I think that we both justified a lot of the things that we were doing under the veil of, oh, we're athletes. So we're just like naturally healthy because we have like a low yeah. body fat percentage and we have muscle or whatever, like it's calories in calories out. So like, pre-workouts before morning lifts, like eating the cafeteria pizza, binge drinking a lot on the weekends. It was like kind of that stereotypical college experience. And, and we were athletes. So we were like, well, we can just get away doing a lot of this stuff. And so where our stories kind of start to dovetail is like, we both just had our own experiences, like wrapping up college and graduating and transitioning into the corporate world. So for me, going into my senior year of college, Um, I started noticing like the urgency to have to go to the bathroom. I was having to go to the bathroom like more times a day than I was comfortable with. And I was like 21 years old at the time. I didn't really think anything of it. I just brushed it off. I was like, oh, you know what? It'll, it'll correct itself on its own. Um, It definitely did not correct itself on its own. As, as this, as that summer progressed, I just got sicker and sicker, more urgency to go to the bathroom, blood in my stool. I was losing a bunch of weight. 
And on the last day of my internship that summer, I ended up getting rushed to the hospital because I couldn't take in any foods and was about to pass out. Um, got a colonoscopy, got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, uh, which is an autoimmune disease that attacks your colon. Um, so for me, I just had such severe inflammation in my colon. I just could not process any of the food that I was eating. And so what they tell you is that these autoimmune diseases are inc incurable. So they, they basically are, get you on a cocktail of different types of drugs and biologics. And they tell you that because this thing is incurable, you're going to be on these drugs for the rest of your life. And, um, that's what I thought my fate was. And my meds cost $400,000 per year. Um, you know, luckily that was covered by insurance, but you know, every six weeks I would get an infusion stuck in my arm. And that's just what I thought was going to keep me in a remission. I wasn't thinking diet, lifestyle, stress management, proper sleep hygiene, et cetera. I just thought that I needed to take these drugs for the rest of my life. And um, really, Ali and Becky, everything changed for me in 2019. And the reason why I say that is that I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Dr. Sean Baker, and that was the first time that I ever heard anyone publicly speak about a carnivore diet, the, yeah. the right? Like the concept of just eating all animal products with nothing else. And the kicker for me was that he actually mentioned in the middle of that show, all of these autoimmune patients that mm -hmm. he had seen, whether it was Crohn's, colitis, eczema, psoriasis, et cetera, they were effectively curing these diseases and getting off of medication by following this diet. And, and for me, you know, I thought that I was healthy, but I was also in the camp of like, you know, Hey, you got to limit your red meat intake. Saturated fat is bad for you, all these kind of things. But, you know, clearly what he was doing was working because these patients are getting off their drugs. I wasn't able to do that. My, I still didn't feel like a hundred percent of myself. So I said, what the heck, why don't I give this a try? So in January of that year, you know, I, I, I followed a strict carnivore diet for a few months where it was like primarily new, like really good quality red meat, um, chicken, eggs, bone broth, a lot of butter. Um, I wasn't into beef tallow back then. And I still was drinking a little bit of coffee, which wasn't carnivore. And I just, you know, I cooked all my meals and lo and behold, after a week, it was like, my stomach started feeling really good. I could feel my inflammation going away. My skin got better. I was popping out of vet bed with all this energy and that for me was my, my aha moment of like, wow, yeah. food really is medicine and we're not taught the right things. So, you know, since that time, it's just been this journey of like digging into benefits of animal protein, regenerative agriculture, sourcing really high quality food. And um, I've actually been drug free for the last two years. Um, I, I ended up having to get another colonoscopy two years ago and the doctor found no inflammation, no microinflammation. And to my knowledge, I am the only patient that he's ever gotten off of these biologic drugs before. So, you know, my, my story was like uh, resorting to food more out of like necessity than anything else, but it ended up being this like terrible curse in a way that ended up being the ultimate blessing. That's kind of launched a lot of the things that, that we're doing now. I love it. And our, our listeners are familiar with, you know, the inflammatory bowel world for sure. We have a whole podcast on IBD solutions and we talk about Crohn's and colitis. Um, but literally your doctor was like, this is looking at a different person's colonoscopy, right? right. Um, amazing. Uh, yeah. When we bathe, when we bathe that yeah. epithelial lining of tissue in bone broth and provide gelatinous compounds and glutamine, you know, all, all of these really important nourishing nutrients that's where the mainstream medical world has oversight. They try to block the inflammatory process versus a, there, there's not many healing mechanisms. They'll put you on and off steroids, you know, based on flares, which is garbage. 
but there, there's never that consideration of actually what the enterocytes or the gut cells use as their fuel source, which mm-hmm. is glutamine. Um, so I think that that's huge. And we use a bone broth approach actually as a kind of carnivore kickstart in especially inflammatory bowel. And then we look into gut dysbiosis and et cetera. So very cool to hear your testimony. Um, I think, uh, before we, I want to hear about the meat mafia podcast and, and kind of how you and Harry connected, um, and Harry, let's hear kind of your food story, I guess, too. Yeah, I can tie it all into, cause it's actually a perfect segue. Um, my story, um, compared to Brett's is much more of the common man's story. So, uh, we both played college baseball together, as Brett said, and I grew up a lifelong athlete. I was playing sports all the time. Like every season had a, had a sport growing up. Uh, my parents were really good about that. Um, and, and, you know, too, my, my mom was also very mindful of the food that we were eating growing up. Um, I think she was trying to make the best choices. I think Brett and I actually share this where our parents were trying to make the best choices possible, but they were still kind of falling under the standard, uh, standard American diet guidelines. So like my mom would choose skim milk as opposed to whole milk. Um, and we joke all the time, like, you know, where would we have been if we were drinking raw milk when we were younger, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) like what type of athletes would we have been? Uh, yeah, the world will never know, but, um, it it was, uh, you know, I had a great upbringing and, um, in high school, I was really fortunate to be, um, have access to a gym with trainers who had at the time, like some of the best information and access to um, kind of like the forefront of what was happening in the world of performance when it came to sports. So I was playing baseball and football at the time in high school and was really focused on training for baseball. And that was like when my initial passion and spark for wanting to play college baseball started. And I was obsessively going to the gym there, training, um, training both baseball and weight training. And uh, the nutrition piece was there, but not prioritized. And so I mentioned that because as I got into college, I started to realize that there was many pillars to start to invest time and energy into in order to improve performance. And one of those being nutrition. Um, So the performance side of things was always kind of like a core part of how I was developing as an athlete. Um, And it wasn't until college until I started to tinker with diet more. Um, I had struggled with acne in high school. And a lot of that was diet related. Like, as I was saying, my mom was very good about putting the right food on the table or, or really putting the best effort for forward in terms of putting the right food on the table. Um, but then during the day I would be at school eating the cafeteria lunches with subs, nachos, cookies, chocolate milk, yeah. all the garbage. And, um, you know, I was sitting there wondering why I had terrible, uh, you know, cystic acne and it was really looking back very clearly diet related. And so my senior year, I actually got on, um, some pretty serious, medication to cure that acne accutane is is the drug and um that was kind of my first um soiree into pharmaceutical drugs um to fix you know things that were happening and um obviously that comes with like the that anyone who's taken that drug knows that it comes with blood monthly blood work um you know just checking in to make sure that all the all the um organs are functioning properly and um you know I went through that and it was a it was obviously helped but um, it was kind of masking the problem, which was really just a diet related issue. And so fast forward into college, I start to tinker with diet more to improve performance. I was tinkering with a paleo diet, keto diet. And, you know, for a lot of my teammates, that was kind of out of the ordinary. Most people were still 
um, just, to, you know, focusing on the weight room and, and just letting, you know, diet and lifestyle kind of just, you know, fall to the wayside uh, as in terms of optimizing performance. And then um, fast forward to graduating, I entered the corporate world and was working in a, a finance job and quickly found myself kind of falling out of that whole athlete role, which I think is pretty relatable for people who um, are ex-athletes and had identified as an athlete their entire life. Uh, there's a little bit of a transition period there. You try to figure out where to channel your competitive energy into. And for me, for me, that was work. And so I was working uh, long hours and investing a lot of time and energy into that and kind of neglecting my health in general. So going to the gym became less of a priority, eating right became less, less and less of a priority. And over time, just kind of found myself not in the shape that I used to be. And so right around 2020, I was really just kind of um, fed up with where I was at and started tinkering again with diet. And so I was messing around with a keto diet um, right before COVID hit, was starting to see some serious results. But then once I got that time allotted back to me when we were in lockdown, I was kind of just full steam ahead in terms of prioritizing my health again. And so I was cooking all my meals, ordering beef from from uh, ranches like White Oak Pastures. And there was another beef delivery service um, that I was using. And I, I really used that time period to just reevaluate where I was at with my health and um, cooking all my meals, prioritizing things. Gyms were closed. So I just figured I would just do the fundamentals, the basics with diet and lifestyle uh, um, and uh, in gym work. So I was like walking a bunch, doing a bunch of pull-ups, doing a bunch of calisthenics, but really just trying to focus on the nutrition part of things and saw myself losing like 25, 30 pounds, just getting in great shape. I'm a bigger guy. So like 25, 30 pounds wasn't like a astronomical amount of weight, but um, I, I was in the best shape that I'd been in in a really, really long time. And um, that for me was a catalyst. And at the same time, Brett and I were kind of just having these converging conversations around nutrition. So Brett yeah. was obviously dealing with what he was was dealing with. And uh, we both had this interest in getting into endurance sports. We had both done some marathons, some half marathons, and decided to run an Ironman together at the beginning of 2021. Um, originally, it was going to be up in Canada, and that actually got canceled. So we moved it down to Waco and made the choice to live together for a month leading up to the race. We trained, we ate together, we prepared all of our food together, and just clearly had a shared passion for what was happening when it came to health and nutrition and just overall just living a really healthy and badass life. So that month was kind of the bedrock of everything that we're doing now. Uh, and we left that being like, one, we need to work together in some capacity. And two, let's see if we can live together for another two, two or three months. So Brett stayed around for another two months in Austin. We, um, at that point, had started writing online. We started writing Twitter content around the food system and what was happening in the food system. And then quickly parlayed that into the podcast. So we started the podcast in March of 2022. And the whole ethos of the podcast was, you know, a lot of people are dealing with problems when it comes to making the choices around food, but so much of the food system in general is just broken that it um, doesn't really, you're kind of swimming upstream when it comes to being healthy. You really need to be equipped with the knowledge, yeah. but the, the system itself is putting so many people in a disadvantaged position. So our whole goal with the podcast is to try to fix the food system and try to really press into what works, what's working in the food system and what's not. And so we would have conversations with people who are actual regenerative farmers who are doing things the right way and providing for their local communities, having conversation with functional medicine 
um, doctors who were providing advice that was really counter to what a lot of mainstream uh, clinicians and doctors would be prescribing. And those conversations were so eye-opening to us, like really gave us so much fuel for what we were doing that we just kept going and kept going and ultimately wanted to figure out a way to start launch a product. So that's really like where it all, where it all started. And, um, you know, the show has just been so incredible for us in terms of connecting with the right people and really just getting involved in the health and wellness space. We've just been able to meet all the right people and it's been such an incredible process. I love it. And Allie's going to be on your Meat Mafia podcast yeah. today. today. Also today. Um, we're double dipping today. It's going to be great. Uh, so <laughs> listeners look out for that. We'll be sure to promote that episode, cross promote it when it comes out. Um, let's talk about how you went from there to the development of a product and the journey and evolution of noble origins. So who was the one to be like, let's eat some liver. Um, and how did that kind of turn into this product? Yeah. Let's talk about before the product, maybe consumption of Ophol and, or sure, yeah, yeah. frustrations or struggles with it. Or if you guys, which one of you liked organs first and, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a and question. were you able to both consume them in the diet or was that an issue? Yeah. So my, my progression <laughs> with organ meats was that, um, I had been, I think I read the carnivore code by Paul Saladino sure. and he was really the first person that started speaking about, um, like this nose to tail approach to eating, how it's just so strange how like Western culture is really the only culture that like, not only do we barely eat meat, if we're going to eat meat, we just eat the muscle meat. And there are all these incredible nutrient dense parts of the animal that have been prized for thousands and thousands of years, whether it's like the liver, the heart, the spleen, the pancreas, like bone marrow all these incredible cuts that exist that are super nutrient dense that like actually give you access to nutrients that aren't just in the muscle meat of the cow. Um, to be honest with you at the time, I was still a little bit squeamish with organ meats. So right around that time, heart and soil had come out with a couple of their liver capsules. I think they had like a straight organ blend and then they had a specific gut health blend, which I was particularly interested in healing with UC. And so I would take those pills every single day. In addition to doing a carnivore diet, and, you know, purely anecdotal, but I definitely noticed an uptick in energy. My skin got better. My digestion improved. And like anything else, um, I, I ended up progressing to, you know, when I moved out to San Diego, I would, you know, I would go to a regenerative farm. I would get organ meats. I would get heart. I would get liver. You know, I would chop them up into little pieces. I would freeze them and kind of pop them like DIY capsules. And then eventually I finally was able to get into the raw organ meats where I was I was up my palate just adjusted and I would genuinely enjoy the taste like, like heart. If you cook heart the right way, like it's, it is uh it is an absolute delicacy. It really tastes like a steak and even a really good quality liver. Like sometimes I'll put a little bit of olive oil, balsamic sea salt, and I'll just eat it raw and it tastes so good. And I'll just put a little serving next to my steak, but it was really, it was a really a process. It was starting with the organ capsules and then it's progressed to like incorporating raw, fresh organ meats into the diet on a consistent basis. My my story with uh, liver and and other organs is is funny too. So my first uh, encounter with organs was I was living in Florence, Italy, uh, in a study abroad program, living in the house of a Italian family, and they loved liver pate, and th that was the first time I had tried uh, organs, and I was totally uh, my palate was just not ready for it. <laughs> uh, I was like trying to be polite, but I just, I, I really couldn't have more than one. 
So fast forward, that was 2015. Fast forward to 2020. I was living with a buddy up in Boston and read the carnivore code, like Brett was saying, and heard all these great things about liver. So I go over to, or actually ordered it online from White Oak Pastures, um, got some liver, cooked it up and tried to make liver and onions and ended up just overcooking it. So yeah, much. yeah, it's a common mistake. It. Like, <laughs> this is like the biggest mistake you can make when consuming liver. Yeah. Uh, and it was just so metallic and so terrible tasting. Like I remember just trying to get it down and still just being like, this is just not, this. the juice is not worth the squeeze here. Um, and then it wasn't until I was living with Brett and he was like, yeah, you just kind of like cube up the, the raw liver. It's like, get really high quality, fresh liver, cube it up, pour a little salt on there, some balsamic and just pop it like a vitamin. And once, once I started doing that, my palate had adjusted and now, um, am a full blown supporter of small <laughs> amounts of raw organ meats in the diet, specifically liver. I think it's amazing. You can just cube it up, put it in the freezer and have like just a little bit each week. And it goes a long way. I like it. Becky, I kind of feel like we've never talked to our listeners about our first organ experience. Is this the time? Should we just like do it? Should we round table our, yes. our, our organ virginity? Go ahead, Bob. I'm, try, so, I'm trying to remember. So mine, I remember. <laughs> I was musing. Uh, mine, I'm remembering uh, 2008. So I was a recovering vegan in 2007. And uh, right away, I went hard because I right away, if I was going to eat cow, I wanted to see it slaughtered and know it was regenerative. And I was in the Pacific Northwest where, you know, we had a huge influence from functional medicine and, uh, there was a big influence from Sally Fallon and who does a lot with Weston A. Price and, uh, wise traditions. And so organs were like, if I was going to eat an animal, I made peace with organs. <laughs> and so I ate organs early on. And, um, I remember though, having to say to myself, this is medicinal, <laughs> this is good for you. <laughs> And it took me until like 2011 to actually start enjoying them in any capacity. But I remember getting like Monica Pope to cut to serve heart and she had like aorta on the plate. Oh. Uh, it was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was a, it's always been a fun thing to play with, with, with people, but so nutrient dense. And right now my main game is like ancestral blends. They're just easy for the whole household. Totally. Yeah. And we have a, um, a rosemary chicken heart skewer. You're yes. reminding me on the blog, actually, where you take like a big sprig of rosemary and you skewer chicken hearts. And I think chicken hearts in particular yes. are a good kind of easy entry point. Um, my first experience was as a child that I distinctly <laughs> remember. And it was that same, um, you know, overcooked like liver and onion situation that I distinctly remember my grandma serving it her turning her back and I fed it to the family cat. <laughs> and so that was like the first, first time. Um, and then probably I encountered it again. I was a, a vegan as well. Um, and I would say like, probably encountered it like in my travels in Brazil, we went to like a churrascaria Brazilian steakhouse yeah. and, um, they do like the skewered, um, hearts. And that was like one of the first times back in, I don't know, twenty. 13 well, or I feel so like we put yeah. out that blog in 2014 of the frozen yeah. liver heart. Yeah. 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 We were ahead of our game. We were. I remember when Danny yeah. Vega shared it, I was like, yeah, dude, we've been doing that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Onward. All right. Anyway. Uh, so beyond, uh, organs in the diet, let's talk about then noble origins and how that helps people incorporate it and what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Noble origins. It's been a pretty natural progression for both Harry and I, and then our third co-founder Colin, 
Um, you know, our, our initial thought process with the, with the podcast was like, we really didn't monetize it all for the first year. Like we were just so passionate about the nutrition and the health space that we just wanted to have on as many great guests as possible and really just try and teach people and inform people. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Harry and I, we come from, you know, we went to entrepreneurship school. We both had corporate jobs. It was always a dream to like actually have a business that's like truly in line with what our passions are. And um, the, the CPG space in particular was very interesting to us because we said, okay, look, you know, we've taught people a lot about nutrition, but what is like a product that we actually believe in that we could put out into the world that's in line with our nutritional beliefs? So in March, Harry, Colin, and I literally were at the Sapien Center in Austin and had a whiteboarding session. And we basically just dreamed up like the perfect product that we wish existed in the world. And we were like, all right, what are all the foods that we regularly consume that have helped us reclaim our health and make us feel the best? And we were like, all right, definitely beef, um, definitely a healthy serving of organs, uh, colostrum, the first milk from the mother cow, so good for gut health with all those good digestive enzymes and immunoglobulins, and yep. then also collagen peptides too, right? Like copious amounts of bone broth, eating nose to tail, like those are all things that we've thrived on. And we were like, well, is, could we potentially combine all those things into a powder, but also make it taste really good? but in a healthy way and use it as a bridge product for people that want to get more of these incredible nose to tail benefits from nutrition. And that was really the birthplace of Noble. And the reason why we chose the name Noble for our company is that we love this concept of like actually treating your body like nobility. Like if you think about why the four of us are on this podcast now or why anyone is listening to your show, it's like we really leaned in on the fact that like these foods are not just healthy in themselves. It's like healthy foods are actually a gateway to become the person that you've always dreamed of becoming and literally change your life. But it's so hard to get people over the barrier of like eating raw organ meats or following a carnivore diet. But a great way to just become healthier is to be able to have something that tastes good, that's super nutrient dense, that gives you adequate protein from the muscle meat of the cow. And then you can start to incorporate that in your day-to-day -day life. And you're going to progress like anything else over time. So Maybe your starting point is like you just drink a noble shake with milk every single day. And then maybe you eventually switch that milk to, you know, raw unpasteurized milk. And then maybe you start buying beef from a local farmer. And then maybe you start buying organ meats. And the next thing you know, you look back in two years and you're a completely transformed, pro transformed person through that process. So that, that was really our thought process, ladies, is like we just wanted to create something that we didn't really feel existed, that we really believed in. And then we feel like it benefit, you know, a tremendous amount of people on a really large scale. I love that. And, and I can't agree more with this continuum or this journey, right? Uh, every time we layer on an intervention or a food as medicine tool, or we incorporate something that enhances whole body health, it's that learning and that experience that staying connected to the self in the process that is the greatest motivational factor, right? And that's that like, food freedom, as you guys saw it in your teens or early twenties of eat anything is so different than food freedom of selectively ensuring that the things you fuel your body with provide you freedom in your body. Right. <laughs> it's like such a big difference. And I, I think, unfortunately we see a lot of disempowerment in today's messaging associated with food. I want to, before we nerd out on organs a little bit further chat a little bit, because I think you guys are very relatable to a lot of our, you know, maybe even from early teen athletes all the way into college kid and whatnot. Um, will you share like what advice you have thinking back on like how, what, when it, why is it worth the investment, I guess, 
if that makes sense, right. Of, of the turning foods down or the commitment to health, what, what would be a couple of things that you would have done differently, or maybe not that just, just why is it worth it? The, the change? Well, I think when you're young, it's so easy to overlook the nutrition aspect of it because your body can actually handle so much at that time. Uh, you don't really feel the effects of eating negatively or, or putting garbage into your body when you're young, you, you're able to just burn it off. Uh, I think most athletes probably don't have the best diets even into their professional careers. Yeah. Um, and I would just, I would just say that when you're thinking about building yourself up as an athlete, there's nothing better than actually having discipline around nutrition and focusing on recovery and like treating your body just in a way where you're playing the long game instead of the short game. It's so easy to get caught up as an athlete, just chasing the next game, the next championship, whatever the next season it's, it's all like, you know, the thing that's right in front of you. But if you really want to actually have a long lasting career, you need to treat your body in a way that's thinking 10 years down the line. And there's no better way to no no better place to start than what you're putting in your mouth um, in terms of food. And I think that's where a lot of careers get derailed, honestly, is people are people spend time focusing so much on developing a skill set and not necessarily developing the whole, um, you know, the whole body of the car and just making yeah. sure that your body is able to run day in and day out. Like baseball seasons are so intense. I mean, our college baseball season was up in up in the Northeast. We basically had 45 days to play uh, it, that like that many games. It was like 45, 50 games in 45 days, something like that. And so if you're doing that level of output, you're not really going to be able to rest all that much and recover all that much in terms of sleep, in terms of like letting your body get back to square, square zero. So you need to be fueling yourself with the right foods. And so I would just encourage anyone who's in that early athletic career journey to start thinking about nutrition, even if it's just a few minor tweaks that can go a long way. Um, whether it's like cutting out the garbage Gatorades that you're eating and, and throwing in an element instead, um, that can go a long way. Um, and, and then I would just also emphasize prioritizing animal-based nutrition uh, as a form of just the highest quality nutrient-dense foods that you can find. You can add on, you can, you can eat some garbage when you're eating really high quality protein uh, and still get away with it, especially if you're young. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. And I think I would add their collagen would be, could go a really long way, right. Yeah. For any athlete in terms of recovery. So I love that you're incorporating that into your product as well. Any like specific other than, um, element with the electrolytes and prioritizing meat-based eating and protein, any other like foods that you would throw out there for, I guess, teen athletes and, and college athletes. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think something that I wish I knew in my early 20s was just like a lot of the things that you think are like going to be the magic pill or the silver bullet aren't actually that. And, you know, these supplement companies, they have such huge marketing budgets that I remember thinking in pre work, uh, thinking in college, like, oh, I really need this pre workout or I really need this creatine yeah. powder or I really need this protein powder. Like, that's what's going to get me jacked and make me feel really good. When the whole time it was like, no, it was really just like the real foods that were always available to me, like learning how to cook those meals at a young age, whether it's like ground beef, chicken thighs, like super budget friendly cuts that are like super nutrient dense, like for a, for a male in his early twenties, or even a, even a female too, like 
really nicely seasoned ground beef over rice, like cooked in bone broth or something like that's an absolute power meal right there. That's going to help you feel so good. It's going to give you all these bioavailable nutrients. It's going to make you feel amazing. And I think outside of that too, like I wish, I wish that more college students understood like how harmful these binge drinking weekends actually are, like how much alcohol really slows your recovery process down. Like sometimes I think about maybe some like the nagging injuries I had in school and I'm like, well, I would go pitch and play a game and then I would go drink, you know, 10 beers on a Saturday night where I'm like one ounce of alcohol is literally slows your recovery by four hours. So you imagine what that's doing over to your body long-term. And I would actually see guys in college. Like I, I knew two guys that both got Tommy John surgery in their elbow. One was super disciplined, regimented with the diet, stopped drinking alcohol entirely through the process. The other person stayed with the diet, was still drinking, et cetera. The guy that took care of himself ended up making a full recovery, got drafted, played professional baseball for six seasons. And the guy that didn't um, ended up like washing out within the next year. So that's, that's purely anecdotal, but I just wish more young people like just understood how damaging that stuff is. And also just keeping in mind the calories and sugars when you're drinking. So if you are going to drink, maybe it's not a beer, maybe it's like a shot of tequila with like some Topo Chico or some seltzer with fresh lime juice in there. It's like, maybe it's not giving up those things entirely, but like maybe making some healthier swaps as well. For sure. I think that's really a good realistic approach. Uh, Getting, circling back into uh, organ meat incorporation in the diet. I want to muse a little bit just on nutrient density. And so, you know, we call organs nature's multivitamin on the naturally nourished podcast. I'd love to hear from you guys, your perspective of some of the superstar nutrients uh, that we see in abundant levels and why organ meat is superior to muscle meat. I know you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but let's go a little deeper there. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that we love about organ meats is that a little bit goes a long way. Like you were saying, you know, nature's multivitamin and there's a lot of things found in abundance in organ meats that really aren't found in the same level in any other area of the food system. And so that them being kind of this forgotten food uh, over the past several decades, it's important for us to try to like reintroduce it in a way that people can actually get access to it. So, you know, we think it's important to incorporate a little bit each week and really just trying to get those nutrients that are kind of hard to come by elsewhere. So one of, or or two of which you can't, you, you can't get through a vegan diet. So one of them being vitamin A retinol. So there's two forms of vitamin A. And one form retinol doesn't even exist in the plant kingdom. So for us, you know, that's a very clear sign that, you know, this is a complete food and that you should be having a little bit of it every week. And I think that's actually a key player for a lot of people when they do reintroduce organs into their diet, specifically liver, they start feeling great. And a lot of that is because they're getting things that they aren't getting elsewhere in their diet. So vitamin A is definitely one of those. And then the, the B, the vitamin B matrix of organs is incredible, but B12 specifically, which is so important when it comes to energy, um, is also not found in the plant kingdom when it comes to food. So B12, um, you know, that's something that people who eat a vegan diet can't really access without supplementation. And so again, um, this is found in, in liver in spades and it's again, uh, something that's going to help you with your energy levels um, and really f- that feeling of vitality. And I think when a lot of people start incorporating organ meats back into their diet, specifically liver, they feel that vitality come back 
they feel their hormones start to regulate themselves again over a period of time. And a lot of that is just because there's like a few missing pieces in their diet. And I think that organs in general are just have that complete matrix of, of what you need. Yeah. And I would call out iron as another huge, um, source, um, found in high levels, especially in beef liver. That's like one of my big go-tos for the, um, pregnant and postpartum population. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. and for myself during pregnancy, I forced it from second trimester on, you know, first trimester total aversion, um, but second trimester on, and then always a high recommendation to incorporate that in like the early postpartum days as well. Um, so we're looking at a three and a half ounce portion of, of beef having over a thousand percent of our daily value of iron. So if we're running iron deficient, that can be a huge suck to our energy too. For beef liver. Totally. Yep. And I also think of it in with just iron connection, Becky breastfed babies, you yes. know, there's that standard recommendation that breast exclusively breastfed babies need iron supplementation at six months and on. And it's like, again, if you're taking an ancestral baby led weaning approach, mm. you can incorporate ancestral meatballs into babe. But I do think, you know, I was thinking as I was using noble in a smoothie for my seven-year-old, that that would be a really great way to incorporate an iron supplementation with a food as medicine strategy to incorporate a powdered organ blend into some of the baby led weaning first foods. Totally. And that might be an easy approach, you know, in addition to like actually using grinds. Yeah. I don't know if you guys thought about it. There baby, you go. I a just gave you guys a whole, 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 whole new marketing plan. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I just also want to call it with the vitamin A, uh, you know, that form, I, I attribute that why also consuming organs helps with skin clearing up mm -hmm. because we think of retinoic acid and retin-A, you know, as using a lot of derm products. Uh, but when you're eating organs, that's a really great testament to that primary nutrient support for acne and skin lesion reduction, which is huge. And then I lean into things like CoQ10, you know, we, we see a lot of then also beyond antioxidants. Uh, mineral richness across the board. So that's, that's huge. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. You guys have mentioned white Oaks pastures. And I think you made mention at one point on regenerative agriculture, let's talk about sourcing of your product and how fun that was to find and, uh, things that producers are put up against in the world of ensuring that sourcing is quality and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. It's a loaded question too, so I'm really glad that you asked it. Um, one of the most eye-opening things for us over the last year has been really like the the first phase for us was actually getting like the basic macronutrients and some micronutrients under control just by eating the right foods. And then the second level was like how do we kind of decentralize our food supply and get the most nutrient rich rich and also environmentally friendly animal products that we could possibly get our hands on? And, you know, a lot of times when you're just buying meat from the grocery store, it's not necessarily bad per se, but there are just so many different touch points that end up happening before that meat actually makes it onto your plate. I mean, I think a recent study showed that, you know, grocery store meat could have like 50 to 100 plus touch points before it actually gets on your plate, which is really scary because it's really tough to verify that source of where it's coming from. And there's so many different greenwashing techniques within the in, in big ag where it's like, you know, legally, you're actually, you're allowed to label something as grass fed, but all that means is that the cow was fed grass at some point in its life. So it could still be finished on grains or like 
industrial products and they're they're still able to slap a um a greenwashed you know grass-fed label on it and, and upcharge you three four dollars a pound per meat so i think this stuff is really it's really important to keep that in mind and the simplest thing that everyone can do is just go to eatwild.com pop in your zip code and what it's going to do is it's going to give you a list of all the local farms in your area and you can filter for pastured meat eggs raw milk etc and you can go out, you can meet these farmers, you can shake their hands, you can build relationships with them, and you can ask them the questions that you really deserve to know. You can ask them, hey, you know, is your is the cattle that you sell, is it grass finished or is it grain finished? You know, have you vaccinated your cattle? Tell me more about the lineage of these cattle. They can they can really answer and verify all the questions that you have. So I think that's just a that's such a huge step in the process. Um, but it's also very nuanced too. And what I mean by that is that. We Harry and I have really fallen into the good, better, best approach. And I think that that takes a lot of stress off of people. So to be purely transparent, like when I went carnivore, where I was, I was 24 years old. I didn't have a big budget. I didn't know about regenerative agriculture. And all I could afford was the meat in the outer aisles of the grocery store. That was probably from like a feedlot or industrial agriculture. Just by swapping out all the processed foods that I was eating for industrial meat, my, my health still got significantly better. So that's why we still view like meat at the grocery store is like good quality meat. Better is actually getting like a grass fed grass finished source where the cow has been fed an environmentally consistent diet of grass for the entirety of its life. It's right. going to have a, it's going to have a, be a better omega profile. It's going to be a little bit more micronutrient dense. And then best is actually going out to a farm and getting regenerative meat where they're not tilling, they're not using synthetic fertilizers or pesticides they're carbon sequestering into the soil and it's meat that's really better for the environment, but also because the soil is so rich, the nutrient, it's actually a more micronutrient dense and healthier animal too. So our, our stance is that, you know, no meat is necessarily bad. There's really just like levels to this stuff. And if your budget can only afford you to buy the cheap cuts of meat, we would rather you eat that than eat any of the crap found at the inner aisle of the grocery store. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And again, a continuum where you start in one place and as you see your health get better, maybe you realize like the dollars you're investing into pharmaceuticals or into, right. you know, having to buy over the counter Tylenol all the time, whatever it is, can go toward, you know, your sourcing instead. Um, specific to organs and to the the noble line, um, Let's talk about why it's important to make sure that you're sourcing your organs from healthy animals and how you guys were able to find a, a good source to tap. Yeah, we were lucky enough to be able to partner with um, Colin, who's not on the call, but um, we had connections over in New Zealand to 100% uh, grass-fed, grass-finished cattle. And so that was obviously very important to us, knowing what we know about the food system, knowing that the benefits of eating grass-fed is is superior. So the idea of being able to get that um, into our product was a non-negotiable for us. So, um, you know, we were lucky enough to just have the relationships who already had the the um, supply chain um, for 100% grass-fed, grass-finished cattle in New Zealand. And one of the great things about New Zealand is their standards for grass-fed, grass-finished are as high as anyone's in, in the world. And so, um, we were really excited to be able to tap into that. And it obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of products out there that, um, you know, compromise and cut corners on where they're sourcing from, 
or looking for, you know, cheapest quality ingredients. And for us, it was important to be able to get that hundred percent grass fed um, product for us. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off of what Harry said, you know, particularly with organ meats, like it's, it's extremely important to really verify the source of where you're getting it from, getting it from a trusted like grass finished farm, because I think our understanding is that the animals can actually store certain toxicities in their, in their organ meats and their liver, things like that, if they're not raised properly. So, you know, we don't, we personally don't recommend, you know, eating organ meats. If they're just from some like industrial farm that you can get at the grocery store, you should be extremely particular about where you source your organ meats and how you're actually eating those organ meats. Um, so, you know, luckily we were able to, to tap into a couple great uh, farms in New Zealand, like Harry mentioned. Um, but our our company goal is actually to switch to a hundred percent U.S. supply chain in the coming years. Um, you know, because of Liver King and Heart and Soil and some other liver companies, the supply chain is just it's much more efficient to get a product up and running in New Zealand. But something that no one has really been able to do in the ancestral space is to prove that this this is actually scalable and able to do this all on U.S. soil from U.S. regenerative farms. So. That's a huge goal of ours in the in the coming years is to like actually carve out a U.S. supply chain. Like we know so many regenerative farms from the right. podcast. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying right. I'm I'm just thinking totally. There's so many connections with Meat Mafia. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's it's really just like ironing out the logistics of like just being able to buy head of cattle, process those cattle, be able to turn the muscle meat and some of these other ingredients into a powder format and be able to do that in a cost-effective way. But that's like, that's the commitment that we want for our, for our customers is like we, when people are drinking Noble, we want them to really be like, damn, like they are not compromising on anything. Like this is truly the best protein powder I could possibly get my hands on. And they're willing to, to spend the extra amount of money to be able to do that. So, you know, we're, we're really fortunate with the farms that we work with now in New Zealand, but if I was a betting man, I would think that within the next few years that we'll have, you know, a noble shake that's completely sourced from regenerative farms in the United States. Amazing. I love it. Um, and I'm super excited to try um, this with my kids too, as just a way to like get more organs into their diets. They're fortunate enough to have been baby led weaned, if you will, on organ meat and have mm -hmm. a palate for it. My son literally begs for pate. Um, but I'm thinking incorporating this powder into, you know, even yogurt or something just simple, straightforward could work really nicely for kids. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's in the vein of food. Well, before we let you go, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I would love to hear from you both where best places for our listeners to stay in contact and up to date with everything you guys are doing. And then in closing, we always love to ask our guests. And so today we'll get two of them, uh, at 24 hour recall. And so technically as dietitians, we like to know, let's say yesterday from when you woke up to when you went to bed, what you had to eat, but first let's share with our listeners where they can find out more about you. So your listeners can check us out on Spotify and Apple podcasts. That's a great place to start. We also have all the social channels. So inst on Instagram, we are the meat mafia podcast. We post a lot of information uh, just around the food system, things that are going on in our lives, um, you know, things that we recommend people to eat, use, products that we like. Um, so go check out that page. And then um, ground zero for us is Twitter. So Brett and I both have Twitter accounts that are separate. Um, I'm Meat Mafia Harry. Brett is Meat Mafia Brett. Um, and on those accounts, we try to write 
um, informational threads that provide real value for people so that they can educate themselves on what's happened in the food system and then also take some practical advice in terms of steering clear of, you know, all the different um, informational barriers that people run into when it comes to actually having access to really high quality food. So I think those are the best places to find us. And then in terms of your question, so I'm going to do this in reverse because I can't think on my feet that well. Uh, so <laughs> last night for dinner, we grilled out some steaks. We had three New York strips and a, what was that? A flank steak? Flat iron. Flat iron steak. Uh, we had some friends over, so we grilled at night. And then during the day, I don't know if I ate before that. I think we had a noble shake. We, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been kind of getting into this approach of like eating fairly light during the day and then breaking our fast at nighttime. So like what's pretty typical, what we did yesterday was some black nitro cold brew in the morning, some water with, uh, with element to just keep our electrolytes up. Cause we are fairly low carb. Uh, we did a noble shake. So we did a scoop of the chocolate blended into a cup of raw milk. And we each did that. And then at night we had some friends over, like Harry mentioned, and then we kind of had our solid meal, which was like about close to like a pound of meat each, which was like New York strip and some flat iron steak. And that's, that typically works pretty well for us. Um, we just like to keep things nice and simple. And it's like, we listen to our bodies. So if some days we really want lunch or we want breakfast, it's like, we'll break our fast then we'll have some steak, some chicken thighs, um, bone broth, some butter, like keep it really simple. And then for dinner, we typically have a really big dinner. Um, and I know Harry had mentioned all the different ways to contact us from a mafia perspective, but if anyone is interested in getting more information on Noble itself, um, it's really simple. You can go right to our website, which is nobleorigins.com. And if you use promo code mafia, we actually will send you a free bag of organs with any order that's over a hundred dollars. Um, so I think those between all the different resources that Harry mentioned and then nobleorigins.com, I think that's great. And then we're also on Instagram, which is just uh, noble.origins. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. We'll be sure to post all the things for our audience. And I know that the participants in my Wimberley wellness workshop in May uh, received a bag of Noble in their swag bag. So this is not the first time our audience has heard about you guys, but I'm happy that they have more of a direct connection and introduction. So thanks for coming on. Amazing. Thank, thank you. you so much. We'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you both. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.